Good morning. I hope you slept good. My name is Danae Richardson. This is Sacred Ritual. I'm glad you've joined me today and I thank you. Thank you for joining me for the sacred ritual of waking up purposeful about connecting with God. I am brought to you today and every day by Ezekiel 17, which holds my life verse. We're going to continue this Christmas series in Luke chapter 2, talking about the shepherds. Luke chapter 2, verses 8 through 12. And there were in the same country shepherds abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them, and they were sore afraid. Okay, I have to pause right here. (laughs) I have, for the record, very purposefully and deliberately talked to the Lord and told him that all of the previous fear that I've had about seeing the supernatural, I repent, I recant, he can open my eyes anytime he wants, but I literally (laughs) spent my life. (laughs) And if you, if you know me personally, you know that I, I am actually a spiritual person. I seek the spirit of God. I seek to interact with the spirit of God, but anytime I've ever heard preachers or non-preachers, anybody talk about seeing an angel, feeling an angel, I've always been like really clear with God. I am not okay with that. Like don't, that's not what the experience I want. (laughs) And that's because there's no sighting in the scripture where an angel appears and people are just okay with that. They're always afraid. (laughs) I will say, I, I think that they stop being afraid, not just in the New Testament, because of course Luke is the New Testament, but they stop being afraid after the infilling of the Holy Ghost. Like I don't see an angel appearing to the apostles after Christ's ascension and their first reaction being that they were shocked and afraid. But all of the other references, they were afraid. (laughs) So I think that's because before the outpouring of the Holy Ghost in Acts, they didn't have that spirit of God in them. I don't know. That's just, I've not discussed that with any of my spiritual counselors or theologians. I'm just telling you a silly thing about myself. Yeah, so here we go. Let's go back. Verse 9. So one angel appears. The angel of the Lord came upon them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them, and they were sore afraid. (laughs) Verse 10. And the angel said unto them, Fear not. And that's the first thing angels always have to say. Fear not. Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And this shall be a sign unto you. 
You shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. Oh, I love everything about this. And we're going to finish off by reading the rest of this encounter on this night with the shepherds. But I just want to pause and talk about shepherds in general. I love that. It's it's like yesterday in the podcast about Joseph that Jesus' life on earth was bookended by Joseph's. Joseph, who was married to Mary, and then that's who he was born to. And then he was taken from the cross by another Joseph, Joseph of Arimathea. And little things like that in the scripture just warm my heart and let me see God's sentiment. God is God is sentimental, I believe. Of course, we are created in his image so that we would be sentimental. We get that from him. And I love that shepherds were the demographic that God ch- chose to first announce the Messiah. You know, all through scripture, you've got these very special people who were shepherds. Abraham was a shepherd. Uh, Moses David and and it it goes on there are more than that but the relationship between God and shepherds he just there's just something about shepherds that God keeps using it's just so special the relationship talking about symbolism the relationship between a shepherd and his sheep is continually used through scripture. We may talk about that a little bit today. I I don't know, but it's just so special that the first announcement that the baby has been born is to shepherds. In in our modern life, you know, I I don't know about you. <laughs> now I am in a rural community. I live out in the country and I do live around agriculture and and farmers and um, people who, the the 4-H is really big in my area. Um, So people who raise calves into cows that are, you know, taken to their 4-H clubs. and, And so I am around livestock and so forth. My brother owns my if he listens to this recording and he hears me say my brother owns goats, <laughs> I'm going to hear it. It's his children who own goats and he is lovingly apart. <laughs> but I, my point is, is I'm around agriculture, but I'm not around sheep. And I know very few people who have the opportunity to be with and engage with a shepherd and his sheep. And so we have to do a little research to understand why this is so prominent and repetitive in scripture. So here's some things that that I learned, and this is actually research. I regret to say that I did not take note of where these sources were at, um, but you can do the research yourself and, and you can write down where these sources were from. <laughs> I, 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 it's 
I've had this research actually for several years, and when I opened it last night to compile notes for today, I I realized I didn't cite my sources. I, I apologize for that. But I learned that shepherds formed emotional connection with their sheep. It They were very emotionally connected. And here's a way to demonstrate that. Of course, we see this angel appearing to these shepherds at night. And we know it's very common for shepherds to spend the night wherever their sheep are grazing. And so a shepherd's life is continually living in less than ideal situations on behalf of these sheep. And, you know, the argument is, well, this is his livelihood. That's true. That's true. But these sheep were not just set up for slaughter. And because it it's not normal to just raise a whole flock of sheep to then funnel them through a slaughterhouse, there was emotional connection that were made between the shepherd and his flock. And not only did they sleep at night, night after night, in a field with these sheep, but those sheep would come into the shepherd's home in bad weather. A shepherd's home is set up so that the first ground floor has a place for the flock of sheep to gather in. We're not talking about hundreds and hundreds of sheep. We're talking about one shepherd being able to handle one small flock of sheep. And so the that's how connected the shepherd's family was with a flock of sheep. So when you know that there's this emotional connection, then then you know that in the Old Testament, anytime there was a, a sacrifice, that a blood sacrifice that required the killing of a lamb, now you can see the impact of that sacrifice is much bigger than, you know, just getting one that's out in the field all the time that, you know, you don't make eye contact with and learn its personality and give it a name. <laughs> I've always heard that about, um, you know, farmers who, who raise their own food. Don't give it a name. <laughs> I've not been in that position, but I could see. So sacrificing a lamb for a shepherd was a huge sacrifice. It wasn't just, oh great, now I'm not making money off of this this particular lamb. It was the loss of a friend, the loss of of someone a connection was made with. I... I can only relate this to my relationship with my dogs. Um, you know, I wouldn't consider, I would not consider selling 
or killing my dogs for any reason. They are, I am, I'm, I question whether or not I'm too emotionally attached to them. I love my doggies very much. Um, they are, you know, part of my daily life. I don't have children that I'm giving attention to. Um, and I, yeah, my dogs are my kids. I don't necessarily treat them like humans, but I treat them with care. I feel love toward them. And so I might not get it when I look at livestock, but when I think about the relationship with myself and my dogs, I get it. I get how it's possible to have an emotional connection. When Isaiah in chapter 40 prophesied about come liking, come coming like a shepherd, he said, he shall feed his flock like a shepherd. He shall gather the lambs with his arms and carry them in his bosom close to his heart and shall gently lead those that are with young. So talking about mothers that are about to uh, either birth lambs or that have their lambs with them. This is a normal experience if you were a society who lived among shepherds. You you saw often a shepherd holding a lamb to his chest. Jesus pronounced himself to be a good shepherd. In John 10, 11, he says, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd giveth his life for the sheep. We see this in detail in the story of of King David before he was king, when he was a shepherd. Because David demonstrates actual behavior. We can look at the story of David and see what it's like for a shepherd to give his life for the sheep. In 1 Samuel 17, David said, I have been taking care of my father's sheep. He, When a lion or a bear comes to steal a lamb from the flock, I go after it with a club and rescue the lamb from the mouth. If the animal turns on me, I catch it by the jaw and club it to death. <laughs> this is what good shepherds do. They risk their life for their sheep. They that David literally went after an animal that we wouldn't dare approach. But when that I live in Florida and I have seen uh red news instances um, or news articles about situations and instances where um, free roaming alligators, which are not everywhere, but periodically they are there in our local lakes and, and by our rivers and streams. And, and um, I have heard of moms and dads approaching those ferocious beasts because they were attacking a child um when when there is something that you love under attack you can do amazing things and so when jesus said i'm the good shepherd a good shepherd gives his life for the sheep that's a thing david did that very thing 
And, you know, we've, we've got to remember that sheep weren't merely meant for slaughter. So it's not like a shepherd was raising this flock of sheep, again, like I said, to go through a slaughterhouse. A sheep's wool has always been valuable. And so they would shear the sheep. Um, lanolin, I personally love the use of lanolin. It's a, for those of you that don't know, it's almost like you would consider Vaseline. Like it's like that substance, but it's not from oil. It's, it's from the fleece of sheep. And it is a, so it's like a balm and they use it in cosmetics and topical medications um, I, I used it as a topical medication when my kids were going up, like if they got a boo-boo on their knee or something, it's just wonderful. I love lanolin and you can use it to moisturize. It's amazing. So sheep produce lanolin and then we don't use, uh, ram's horns commonly in our society, but chauffeurs are taken from rams who died naturally or from those slaughtered for food, but, you know, wasn't every day and piles upon piles of, of sheep that were being slaughtered for food. So knowing that these other contributions come from a flock helps us understand that sheep weren't treated how we treat the cattle industry today. That emotional bond went so far and goes so far that sheep know their shepherd's voice. And Jesus said, my sheep know my voice. When Jesus said, my sheep know my voice, that was a a thing. Like that's people that lived in that society among shepherds knew that was the case. Um, there are a few videos you can find on YouTube of sheep responding to the shepherd's call. And um, the ones that I've seen, they have, you know, probably a, a school class there that's on tour or maybe a, a a touring group of adults and they'll each call they'll call and you know sheep don't even raise their heads they're just they're out there in the field and as soon as that shepherd does his thing they come running it is quite something to see and then you know, again, just talking about how special God throughout his word makes shepherds. The word calls the spiritual leader of a congregation a shepherd. An instance, this is just one of many, but First Peter 5, 2, the instruction is care for the flock that God has entrusted to you. Watch over it willingly, not grudgingly, not for what you will get out of it, but because you are eager to serve God. And then verse four, and when the great shepherd appears, talking about Jesus, you will receive a crown of never ending glory and honor. The word pastor means shepherd. That's what the word pastor means. It means shepherd. Before I get back to those shepherds in the field, I want to talk about the bond between a shepherd and sheep that's seen in the shepherd's toolkit. And I'm going to use one of the most poetic shepherds 
for inspiration and understanding of various scriptures, for understanding of a lot of things that we know from the word of God. And this is David from David. So one of the things I learned that I have since just wished I could proclaim to the mountaintops and my um, 60 listeners on my podcast will have to be my mountaintops. (laughs) David's slingshot, the slingshot, every shepherd had a slingshot and I constantly hear David's slingshot when he goes to face Goliath, the giant, and they say, ministers who are delivering this message typically say he had used the slingshot on the bear and the lion, and so he knew how to use it on the giant. And I like the concept, but it's not historically accurate nor does the Bible specifically say that uh, because David used the slingshot on the lion and the bear that he knew how to use it on the giant. We just read that he, he used his hands on the, the bear and the lion and took the, the lamb out of its mouth. And if the, if that beast turned around to try to attack him, then he clubbed it. He used his hands to do that. The slingshot, surprisingly, was to get the attention of the out-of-reach wandering sheep. So this you've got a flock, and somebody's, one of those flock, one of the lambs, are going to be on the outskirts of the flock. And so if a lamb in its grazing started to wander too far from the flock, the slingshot got the lamb's attention. A little stone or pebble was put in it, and that shepherd would flick that lamb that was out on the outskirts to get its attention to bring it back into the flock. That is a pastor's job over his flock of saints periodically there will be a a saint of god who due to the nature of life where they are they're on the outskirts of that flock and the pastor may preach a word from the pulpit or come and say a word directly that might sting it's like hey wow that shocked me That word shocked me. It got my attention. Good. Now get back in the middle of the flock so you don't wander off and get yourself into trouble. The slingshot was not used on the enemy, on the bear. It was used to get the attention of the sheep that was on the outskirts of the flock. And I love how the symbolism of that, that the same thing that gets a person's attention to get them back in the middle of where they're supposed to be is the same word that will bring down the giants. It will defeat the enemy. And that's so beautiful and powerful. Another thing in a shepherd's toolkit is oil. 
usually olive oil in this time in this in the biblical days and the oil was specifically used for the wounds of the sheep so whatever wounds that were incurred walking rocky terrain or getting brushed by uh you know thorns or whatever the oil was used for the wounds and you know when a prophet and even david was anointed by god for a task oil was used and that oil because david as a shepherd knew oil was for the healing i think when that prophet samuel poured that oil on his head he was being made aware that the task he was endeavoring that god was calling him to to be king was going to involve being wounded wounds were going to occur but there was an oil that he had been anointed with that was going to sustain his wounds that was going to bring healing to him and that is the case for us as well we have been anointed for the healing of the nations and that oil is very precious and it will bring healing if you will put yourself in the shepherd's hands for the healing david wrote thy rod and thy staff they comfort me so the rod and the staff was another staple in a shepherd's toolkit the rod was used as a club for predators so when david said the rod comforts me he was aware as a shepherd that he he could be a, a man feeling comfort instead of anxiety coming to a place of peace because god was his shepherd who had a rod that would defeat attacking beasts anything that would come any predator spiritual predator that would come against him there was a rod the shepherd had a rod for protecting the sheep and the staff has a crook in it and it's for the purpose of pulling a lamb to safety if it were outside the reach of the shepherd's arm so if if the the shepherd could only reach so far to to grab a lamb and pull it into the flock or if it had gotten uh maybe over a cliff and the the shepherd needed to get it the the hook of that staff was made for retrieving a lamb that was outside the natural reach and so those as david as a shepherd who knew what a rod and a staff were used for when he thought about god having a rod and a staff those were things that brought comfort to him and to us thy rod and thy staff the fact that you have those i can get peace and comfort knowing that i am protected and that i am not out of 
the good shepherd's reach. One more unique thing to know about shepherds that I was very surprised by and I love so much. I was surprised by it because I I grew up knowing these stories through scripture about shepherds, knowing that a pastor is a shepherd of God's flock. And so because I grew up with Abraham, Moses, David as shepherds, I was surprised to learn that shepherds consistently all through scripture held a reputation as subpar through the cultures of the Old and New Testament. Now, we see this clearly on display when Joseph's family, after Joseph is is in Egypt, and um, Jacob and and, uh, Joseph's brothers, Joseph's dad and Joseph's brothers, all come to Egypt and they are instructed to say they are shepherds because the people despise shepherds. And we even see when Joseph and Joseph's brothers were sitting down to eat, even though Joseph was a ruler, the Egyptians that were serving the dinner wouldn't eat with Joseph's brothers because they didn't like shepherds. They wouldn't, they wouldn't sit to eat with shepherds. And it was common for shepherds to not be educated. It was common for shepherds to have uh, a, uh, let's see, a sailor's mouth (laughs) to use foul language. Shepherds, because of that, of that, nighttime sleeping in fields culture, it was common for a group of shepherds to travel together. So their flocks would be combined, multiple shepherds would be together. And uh, they, they, they just had a reputation for being almost like a, like we would envision gangs. It was common for shepherds to drink a lot and because they were drunk, they would fight quickly. And so shepherding was not a sissy's job. Shepherding was for the strong. You had to endure some harsh conditions in the night. You had to be willing to uh, face down lions, tigers, and bears, oh my. And so it was common for shepherds to be a motorcycle gang, for lack of a better word. You know, they've, they've got a reputation. They all come up on these loud vehicles. They're commonly wearing black. And when I was a kid back in the 1970s, um, it, you know, they had reputations even for, for criminal activity. And uh, I don't a lot of people that I see riding motorcycles together in groups now, of course, it's smart for um, people on motorcycles to ride in groups because a, a motorcycle is a small vehicle compared to a car and a truck. And uh, if, if they're not careful, they can uh, be hurt very easily by those bigger vehicles. So it's smart for them to travel together with friends. And most of the people that I know that travel 
and go sightseeing on motorcycles, they are nowhere near criminal activity. They are, you know, very kind people. But I'm just saying that in the past, they there was a reputation for motor, motorcycle gangs, they would call them when I was a kid. And so this is, this is how you can picture shepherds. They were, people were nervous if a group of shepherds all came into town at the same time. It was like, oh boy, these guys are about to, about to cause a ruckus. And this, this is who God chose to first hear the Messiah is born. This group of rough and tumble men out in the field with their sheep. And then after that one angel appears, then we get to verse 13 of Luke 2. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. And it came to pass as the angels were gone away from them into heaven, the shepherds said one to another, let us now go even into Bethlehem and see this thing which, which is come to pass, which the Lord hath made known unto us. And they came with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. And when they had seen it, they made known abroad the saying which was told them concerning this child. These men, these burly, strong, not afraid of nothing men became the first soul winners of letting people know about Jesus Christ. And all they that heard it wondered at those things which were told them by the shepherd. Everybody's just wondering what in the world are these shepherds talking about? Verse 19, but Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. And the, and the shepherds returned glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen as it was told them. Oh, thank you so much for joining me on this Christmas series. Thank you for letting me say all of the things that I've had bottled up about shepherds. I hope you learned some exciting things today. I hope it helps you in your journey with Jesus as you endeavor to be a lamb of God, to understand the relationship of the shepherd with the sheep. Please help me by sharing this podcast. And if you've not seen wordsongapp.com, go check that out. Have a great day. God bless. Bye-bye.